choir this morning did an extraordinary job, and thank you for that. Told Zachary we were doubling Americ's pay and make sure that he got that. Uh, so he's he's really excited about that. We're in Joshua chapter 14 this evening. Uh, Joshua chapter 14. We'll let our young people be dismissed for children's Bible time, second grade on down, and with Mr. Frank. Children's Bible time. In Joshua chapter 14, verse 1, And these are the countries which the children of Israel inherited in the land of Canaan, which Eleazar the priest and Joshua the son of Nun and the heads of the fathers of the tribes of the children of Israel distributed for inheritance to them. By lot was their inheritance, as the Lord commanded by the hand of Moses, for the nine tribes and for the half-tribe. Uh, what in the world was that talking about? Verse 3, For Moses had given the inheritance of two tribes and the other half-tribe, the half-tribe on the other side of Jordan. Uh, you remember Exodus uh, chapter 32, they were ready to go into the land. They'd been in the 40 years captivity. Reuben, Gad, and half-tribe of the Manasseh said, Hey, you know what? We don't want our inheritance over there. We're pretty happy with the, the land that we have here uh, because this is a good place for cattle. And ah, uh, we have cows. Uh, what do you know about that? And uh, so Moses said, okay, all right. We'll, we'll give you your inheritance over here. Uh, but boy, if, if you don't go over and you don't fight with your brothers to help them claim the land that God has given them, be sure your sin will find you out. And that's where that passage of Scripture and that verse comes. People quote that verse a lot. Uh, parents to their kids, oh, be sure your sin will find you out. Uh, but that is a specific verse and a specific uh, event in the lives of the children of Israel and is referred to over and over again. It is referred to here again in the distribution of the inheritance as they are, they are called out. They were given their inheritance outside of, of the land, and that's what they requested. Uh, children of Israel were two tribes, Manasseh and Ephraim, for they gave no part unto the Levites in the land, saying, Cities to dwell in with their suburbs for their cattle and for their substance. As the Lord commanded Moses, so the children of Israel did as they divided the land, and they divided the land. And uh, obeying God is just so, so very important. And if you believe, kids, teenagers, young adults, that people aren't going to push back on your faith. You're in a dream world. And if you think there's going to be some age in your life when people just, you know, they just stop pushing back and they just leave you alone. That I'm here to tell you that I am, uh, if, if Miss Bishop doesn't kill me in the next several weeks, I'll reach 63 uh, years of age and people still push back on the preacher on a regular basis. I'll share a couple of those illustrations this evening to let you know. Uh, you're not alone, and it's important to stand. For you to encourage me to stand, and I'm thankful that I'm in a church uh, with men uh, that encourage me to stand and uh, stand with me, and I'm thankful for that. And I want you to know that your preacher stands with you when you're in the workplace and you have to take a stand against uh, drinking, dancing, carousing, um, uh, the Bible, uh, right, wrong, you're in the military and you've got to take a stand, the preacher stands with you. And we've had military folks that have had to take a stand. And the uh, preacher stands with them. 
I have written over the past three or four years, letter after letter after letter, letter uh, certify it as a who I am and what my background is and what my training is. And I take that down and I take it to the, to the bank, to the notary, and I lay, lay it on church stationery. I raise my right hand. I affirm that the, that the facts set before you are true and, uh, and right as representing uh, the church, Bible, God's Word. And uh, they go, oh, man, what in the world's in this? Uh, Santa Barbara military folks. They're trying to take a stand and let them know their stands are biblical. They're based on God's word. Uh, the pushback is not is is all across the board. And uh, tonight, I want to challenge you to be a mountain climber, not a mountain climber, but a mountain climber. Chapter fourteen is uh, the uh, the documentation of the division of the land, but specifically as we start the new paragraph in verse six. Uh, you're going to be reminded uh, that there was a young man who's now an old man, 85 years of age. His name is Caleb, and Caleb is telling, uh, uh, hey, 40 years ago, 45 years ago, I was promised this land, and I want that mountain. Father, I pray that you'd help us this evening as we look at this passage of Scripture to be encouraged uh, by a young man, uh, 40 years of age, who stood for right, and you uh, made him a promise that you kept, and I pray that we, we'd have some young men in the room, uh, 40 years of age, that would a purpose in their heart, that they are going to stand for right, uh, even when the rest of the world stands for wrong, and uh, I am confident that you will honor them. I pray that you'd give them strength and vision and a motivation to be true uh, to you, true to your word. And I pray, Father, that you'd help me to be an encouragement to them. Father, for that person who is here or listening by way of technology that does not know you as their Savior, I pray that tonight they would uh, come uh, face to face with the fact that apart from your saving grace, uh, they are heading to a devil's hell, uh, fire and brimstone for all eternity, and that they would flee the wrath to come and uh, receive your salvation. I pray that they do that. We'll give you the honor and praise and thanks throughout all eternity for your salvation. In Jesus Christ's name, amen. We mentioned Reuben and Gad in the first five verses. They were content to stay on the land. We mentioned contentment and how it affects Christianity, has affected uh, believers over time. Uh, Wednesday night, uh, we talked about it in the Babylonian captivity. The 70 years was up. It was time to go back, but only 3% did. We mentioned this past week that between Ezra chapter 5 and Ezra chapter 6, there's a 60-year gap where the people just stopped serving. That 3% that went back, you say, man, there's 3%. Man, they're on fire for the Lord. But if you're part of the 3% and you're not careful, you'll fall by the wayside as well. And it's important to stay, stay vigilant. The 3% that went back were paganized. Uh, and if that is not the tendency today, I would be absolutely shocked. Uh, it is in every generation of Christianity. However, as with the ten tendency in every generation uh, of Christianity, for those, Zachary, that would uh, go by the wayside, there are men who just say, men like Caleb, that choose to stand and say, I want that mountain. I'm going to claim that mountain. I want to be a mountain claimer for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I challenge you to stand. I challenge you to be a standard. 
I'm not a sitter, not a drifter, but somebody who's... Theo's smiling. He's, he's thinking he's in English class and those words aren't, aren't in his English uh, a dictionary. Uh, I'll work on that for next week, Theo. <clears throat> Tonight, I want you to consider Caleb. We're in verse 6. And the children of Judah came unto Joshua and Gilgal, and Caleb, the son of Jephnah, the Kezanite, said unto him, Thou knowest. The thing that the Lord said unto Moses, the man of God, concerning me and thee in Canaan Barnea. Forty years old was I when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. That's interesting because they sent out twelve spies. And we sing the song in children's church, Twelve men went to spy on Canaan. Ten were bad and two were good. What do you think they saw in Canaan? Ten were bad. Ten came back with an evil report. Caleb and Joshua came back with a good report. They came back and said, man, this is a great land. God promised it to us. Let's go take it. Let's not delay. Let's get going. Uh, But the the majority ruled, right? And so the ten men discouraged the hearts of the people. And and we wonder, I wonder how old those folks were. Maybe they were 20. No, they were 40. Uh, He was 40. And I imagine the other spies were about the same age. Uh, They were contemporaries. And uh, verse 7, 40 years old was I when Moses, a servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to espy out the land. I brought him word again as it was in mine heart. Notice that. It was in his heart, Zachary, to do the right thing. It was in his heart uh, to put God first. Zachary back there thinking, what in the world have I done that he keeps referring to me? You're the only name I can think of at the moment. And you happen to be paying attention. And everybody else is asleep already. <clears throat> uh, so he... He, he wanted to do something. It was in his heart to serve the Lord. I sat down with a guy this week and he said, you're a pastor of church. I said, I am. He said, what, what, what did you do? I said, you know, it was just, it was just always my desire uh, to serve the Lord in, in some capacity. I never envisioned that I would be a pastor of a church. Uh, I thought maybe a, a youth director or a Christian school uh, teacher or a janitor. I don't, I don't know. I just wanted to do something uh, for the Lord. Mission work, I considered uh, that. Uh, God's calling on my life in, in that regard, considered lots of different things. But here's Caleb. He brought back a good report because he, he had it in his heart from the time he was a young man that he was going to wholly follow the Lord. And he maintained that as he was 40. Now, in chapter 14, he's 85. And he's got, a, he's got a, quite a testimony here. Verse 8, he's got a condemnation of the other ten. Nevertheless, my brethren that went up with me, the, other, the ten, made the heart of the people melt. But not me. I wholly follow the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land whereon thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. The children are going to wander for 40 years in the wilderness. And Caleb's going to wander with them. Because they have made a decision contrary to God's word and God's will. But he has, in those 40 years of wandering, he has not lost his passion for serving the Lord. I just say that. Because there may be somebody in the room and you feel like you're trapped in a place and, and you're being held back 
because God's judgment is on somebody else. You just stay the course. God rewards those that wholly follow him. And Caleb is a wonderful example of that. And Moses swore on that day, uh, saying, Surely the land whereon thou, verse 9, thy feet have trodden shall be thine inheritance and thy children's forever, because thou hast wholly followed the Lord my God. Verse 10, And now behold, the Lord hath kept me alive, as he said, these forty and five years, ever since the Lord spake this word unto Moses. And the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness. And lo, and now lo, I am this day fourscore and five years of age. A score is twenty. So fourscore, twenty, forty, sixty, eighty, and five would be eighty-five years of age. And as yet, verse 11, I don't know that I can say this. Number one, I'm not eighty-five. But... Uh, sometimes I feel 85. You, know, you get up and things are cracking and snapping and it's, it, things, don't, things don't work well in the morning. Uh, but here's, here's Caleb. He says, as yet I am as strong this day as I was in the day that Moses sent me. As my strength was then, even so is my strength now for war, both to go out and to come in. Man, you want to go off to battle? I'm going. I love nine, when when nine eleven took place. We had several guys uh, that were they were older, retired military guys that went down to the recruiting office and said, "We're here to re up." And now uh, here we are, twenty years later. Uh, they're all dead now. And the recruiter looked at them and said, "No, no, 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 no. This is, this is for young men. Uh, well, we, we, we're young. We feel like we can do that." Uh, Caleb felt like he could do that. Uh, the recruiter looked at them. He was not so sure. But Moses was looking at Caleb, going, "You know what? I believe eighty-five. You're still committed to getting the job done." Now I look around the room. I'm looking for my 85-year-olds or those that are approaching 85 years of age. Ryan Holbert, they're pointing to you up there. Just want you to know that. <clears throat> I've got a work for you to do. And it may be the task of your life. Uh, Moses was not a kid, 80 years of age, when God said to him, you're going to lead the children of Israel out of, out of Egypt. Uh, so so don't, don't come to the preacher after the service and say, Preacher, I'm 85 years of age. My dad at 95, whatever, 94, would look at you and say, You're just a kid. You're just a kid. Uh, you get with the program uh, and serve the Lord. And you should. And Caleb did. But if you're going to be a mountain claimer, Zachary, people on tape are going to wonder, Who is that Zachary guy? Uh, you've got to be... Number one, you've got to be single-minded. You've got to determine, Theo, that you're going to follow the Lord. You've got to make that decision. If you're going to follow the Lord at 40, you've got to make that decision at 18, uh, 19, 20 years of age. Because if you make the decision not to follow the Lord as a teenager, when you're 40, you're going to be one of the ten. That's the majority that bring back a bad report that aren't going to follow the Lord. If you want to be one of the two, you've got to make that decision today that you're going to follow the Lord. Are you single-minded or are you double-minded? The Bible tells us a double-minded man is unstable in all his ways. Conquerors are never double-minded. Caleb is not double-minded. Caleb is single-mindedly following God. 
To be double-minded is to be weak, defeated, not going forward. What does it look like? Conflicted. Seeing many causes and many avenues and just, if you've ever been around somebody who is double-minded, it is, to me, it is just absolutely frustrating. Well, I, I could do that, but maybe I shouldn't do that. And I think I ought to do this. And the Bible says I should do that. But Bob from Kentucky says I should do this. And, and Ray from the Philippines says I should do that. And so many, I just can't, I just can't make up my mind. I just want to slap you in Christian love and say, what, just make a decision. Uh, a double-minded man, unstable in all his way. Uh, my, my direction has advantages. But, but your direction has advantages as well. Uh, it is just frustrating. Mountain climbers, the Caleb's, are not double-minded. Uh, they, they, they see different paths. They see that there are different opportunities. Caleb saw that there were ten spies that were bringing back a bad report, but they were not going to be deterred. He was not going to be deterred by their negativity. He just was not going to do it. They follow God consistently. I sat down with a fellow this week, an unsaved guy, and uh, I don't, don't go to church here. You wouldn't know who he is. And uh, I said to him, uh, we, we're having a spiritual conversation, and I asked him some questions, and he said, uh, well, uh, you know, um, hmm, I, I, I'm, I'm mad at the Baptist church right now. I said, why are you mad at the Baptist church? Because I sat down with the preacher uh, to be baptized, and the preacher wouldn't baptize me. Well, if you're a Baptist preacher and you're not baptizing somebody, I'll tell you why you're not baptizing them, because they're not saved. You don't think you're saved. A baptism doesn't do anything except for get you wet. You want to, you want to feel good about getting baptized? Uh, go baptize yourself. Or that doesn't, not going to bring you salvation. It's not going to do anything but make you wet. But baptism is supposed to signify that you trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior. And that verse that was taken out of the, that was taken out of the critical text, where Philip said to the Ethiopian eunuch, Ethiopian eunuch said, hey, I want to get baptized. Well, isn't that a cool thing to do? Everybody else is doing it, right? But Philip said, oh, you can't be baptized unless you believe Jesus Christ. What did the Ethiopian eunuch say? He gave testimony. Man, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Philip said, okay, all right, we'll do it. That, that questioning. And, and I'm sure, because that's what Baptist preachers do. Do you know Christ is your Savior? Because I don't want to baptize somebody who is lost. Because if you've ever talked to somebody about salvation, say, when did you trust Christ as your Savior? And they say, well, I was baptized when I was... Oh, that, that's a frightening thing. Because there's a good chance that the person I'm talking to is lost. They're not trusting in Christ. They're trusting in their baptism. Baptism doesn't save you. It just doesn't. Uh, he, he, was, he, was, he was conflicted. He said, you know, so I'm, I'm up upset with them about that. And they've got these morality standards. You know, they've got transgender and homosexual and all that stuff. And I just think, uh, I just think that should be okay. And I'm like, he's a Baptist preacher. He goes by the book. It, it's in the book. Uh, you don't have a problem with the preacher. And you've got a problem with God. You've got a problem with God. Uh, recently, uh, and we're, we're on the web. Uh, we put, our, put the messages out there before the service is over. Eden will go in the back. 
uh, before the night is over, I should say, and she'll put it up on the website. And, and there's all kinds of people that listen to that. And every once in a while, they called me. <laughs> and a guy called me just recently. And he was ticked at me. He was, he was mad. He was absolutely angered at a stand that I had just taken. <laughs> and I said to him, I said to him, for starters, number one, Lighthouse Baptist Church is not your church. You are not a member here. You don't attend here. You, you, I, I'm not your leader. And number two, at Lighthouse Baptist Church, we follow God and God's word without apology. And the issue you have is not with me. The issue you have is with God. And because it's in God's word, and all I did was open it up and show it to you. And I said, and number three, I can't apologize. I have no apology for you because it's from God's word. And I can't apologize to you for something that God said. Now, you want apology? You'll have to, you'll have to go see God. Now, listen, you can follow whatever course you will, but I, I can't change because I, I follow God. I, that's what I strive to do. Now, I am not perfect. I am married. And Mrs. Bishop will tell you, I am not perfect. Uh, case in point was today. Uh, Mrs. Bishop, a couple years ago, maybe last year, bought me a weighted blanket. And I've been looking for that thing. It's wintertime, time to get the weighted blanket out. I, I, like, I just like uh, that, that heavy thing. She hates it. She, she, would, she wouldn't hate it. And so I said to her uh, this afternoon, I'm going to take my uh, Sunday afternoon Baptist nap. And I said, I'm going to take a nap. Where's that weighted blanket? She said, it's in the cupboard with all the other. I said, it's not in here. She said, no, why would it be here? Why are you looking in here? I said, well, I've been looking all over for that thing. And when I started looking, this is the first room I looked. I looked in. She said, well, where else, where else have you looked? Well, I looked in our room, looked under the bed, looked in the spare room, looked under the bed, looked in the drawers, looked in the closet. And she said, it's in the, uh, the hall closet with all the other blankets. And I looked in there. Well, sure enough, there's like seven. And she routinely, she says, uh, when the wintertime is over, would you stick this blanket up there? And I do. And she said, it's in there with all the other blankets. And I said, this is what I said. I would have never thought to look there. I would have never thought to look there. And she just shakes her head. And say, and you are the pastor of the church. Uh, <clears throat> I just say, I am not, I am not perfect. But I, I strive, I desire to follow God's word wholly. Uh, that's what Caleb did. If you want to be successful for God, you want to conquer for God, you want to claim that mountain, uh, you've got to follow God wholly. That's what Caleb did. Mountain claimers have a single-minded purpose. Mountain claimers are true to God and God's word. The world is going to change. The world has drastically changed in the last five years. And I can go back 10 years or 20 years. Go back the last five years. You go back 20 years, uh, you got, uh, you got, uh, you got Zachary over here and Theo over there. Uh, I, I know I, I switched you. <clears throat> and they're thinking 20 years ago. I wasn't even born 20 years ago. No, you weren't. Uh, but you were born five years ago. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's so funny. How old are you? So I asked him, were you born five years ago? And the first thing he does is access his brain. His eyes go up. <laughs> He's doing math. Hello, if you're over, over, over 12 years of age, you were probably here five years ago. That's pretty simple math. And you had too many snow days this week, didn't you? 
Mountain climbers are true to God. Psalm 92 verse 12 says, The righteous shall flourish, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar tree in Lebanon. Those that be planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. They shall bring forth fruit in their old age. Here's Caleb, 85, ready to do his life task. Here's Moses, 80 years of age, ready to do his life task. Lead the children of Israel. Are you ready to do something for God? They shall bring forth fruit in their old age. They shall be, I don't know about this one, they shall be fat and flourishing uh, to show that the Lord is upright. He is my rock and there is no unrighteousness in him. Forty-year-old spy, 85-year-old senior, a seasoned warrior and faithful as he is today. Look at verse 12. Now, therefore, give me this mountain. And we sing song. I want that mountain. I want that mountain where the milk and honey flow, where the grapes of escrow grow. I want that mountain. I want that mountain, the mountain that my Lord hath given me. And, and when we sing that song, we're singing about Caleb. That's a song celebrating chapter 14 of Joshua, where Caleb said, I want that mountain. What mountain is that? Well, verse, verse 12, it's a mountain where the Anakims are. Who are they? They're the giants with fenced cities. And he said, that's the one I want. That's the one I want. Cities, great and fenced. Verse 12, he says, the last phrase after the last colon, if so be the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out as the Lord said. If the Lord be with me. What did Caleb know? When did he know it? He knew as a young man and trusted God's promises. As a 40-year-old, he banked on those promises. And as an 85-year-old, he's still wholly following the Lord. Brother Corey and I were talking about a young man. Came out of Bible college. Fundamental, independent, Bible-believing, Bible-preaching, uh, a Baptist. Went to evangelism, went to some of, one of the leading colleges here in, in, in America. And, and now he's changed. And he's, 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 he's changed. Music has changed. His Bible has changed. His dress has changed. He's all tattooed up. And, uh, and he's critical of where I stand. Listen, I stand where you used to stand. So, somebody has moved. But it's not me. It's certainly not God's word. Uh, one of the two of us is in a different position right now. Uh, it, it shouldn't be you. Uh, you should wholly follow the Lord. What about the majority? Uh, the majority is not always right. Uh, sometimes the majority seems to be indifferent. They have a take it or leave it philosophy. Uh, that's uh, the two tribes that took their inheritance on the other side, Reuben and Gad. But it should not be us. We should wholly follow the Lord. Don't be double-minded. Don't be complacent. Don't be complicit in their wandering away from the promises of God and encouraging others to walk away from the promises of God. Mountain claimers don't do that. And I want to challenge you to be a mountain claimer. Interesting story off the battlefield of recent days, Russia and Ukraine have been fighting. <clears throat> a Russian soldier 
on the battlefield doing a search, looked down on the ground and saw a MacBook in this place that he was searching. And he said, well, I've always wanted a MacBook. But how do I steal it and get out of here with it? So he reached in the front of his uniform and he pulled out his ballistic shield that is intended to stop bullets on a battlefield. And he laid that down and he took the MacBook and he stuck that down in that pouch that held his ballistic shield. You're a warrior. You're thinking that is not a good plan. Well, as fate would have it, he walked out of the building and got shot. Dead center. And they took him to the hospital. And they wondered why his ballistic shield had failed. And they posted a picture of the, of the, of the MacBook with a bullet through it. What a crazy thing. What a dumb thing to do. Oh, oh, see, he was not true to his calling. He wandered from what was right. He did the wrong thing. And he substituted something in its place that was not going to help him in the day of battle. Don't substitute something in the place of God and God's word that is not going to protect you in the day of battle. Stay true. Stay true to God's word. God will stay true to you. Mountain claimers have a single-minded purpose. Mountain claimers are true to God. Mountain claimers have their eyes set upon the Lord. They have courage. It's called courage. Something that is needed on the battlefield. Courage. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 10 says, We have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon thee. Verse 15 of that chapter says, Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. You see, you have a choice. You can measure the giants by your strength, which is what the ten did. Or you can measure the giants by God's strength. If you measure the giants by your strength, you will be defeated and you will quit. But if you measure the giants, Theo, by God's word and God's promises, you will be encouraged. No fear of the enemy. No fear of the multitude. No fear of the majority. No fear of inadequacy. Because you have the promises of God. The promise, I can do all things through Christ. And that's what Caleb is saying in verse 12, that last phrase. If so be, the Lord will be with me, then I shall be able to drive them out, as the Lord said. I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. We sing the song, Come every soul by sin oppressed, there is mercy with the Lord. What is that song? Only trust Him. That's a good song for salvation. It is a good song for service. Only trust Him. Only trust Him. Only trust Him now. He will save you. He will empower you. He empowered Caleb. He will empower you. Now I like this song. It may be in the valley. Where countless dangers lie, it may be in the sunshine that I in peace abide, 
But this one thing I know, if it be dark or fair, if Jesus go with me, I'll go anywhere. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. Tis heaven to me, where'er I will be, if he is there. I count it a privilege here, his cross to bear. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. It may be I must carry the blessed word of life across the burning deserts to those in sinful strife. And though it be my lot to bear my colors there, if Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. But if it be my portion to bear my cross at home, while others bear the burdens beyond the billow's foam, I'll prove my faith in Him, confess His judgments fair. If Jesus stays with me, I'll stay anywhere. It is not mine to question the judgment of the Lord. It is but mine to follow the leadings of His Word. But if I go or stay, whether here or there, I'll be with my Savior, content anywhere. Do you know the chorus? If you do, sing it. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. Tis heaven to me, where'er I may be, if He is there. I count it a privilege here, His cross to bear. If Jesus goes with me, I'll go anywhere. Father, I thank you for Caleb, a man of godly character, 85 years of age, still serving you. I pray, Father, that you would give me the strength to be a Caleb, to be a mountain claimer, not to, not to be pushed or prodded or pressured to step away from you and your word, but to be confident, committed, serving you. And I pray that that would be the prayer of those in the room this evening, with every head bowed and every eye closed, you're here tonight, especially if you're a young man or young lady. You say, Preacher, would you pray for me? I want to be a Caleb. I want to be a young man, young lady that follows the Lord. I want to be a 40-year-old that follows the Lord. I want to be known as an 85-year-old that is still following the Lord. And if Jesus will enable me to do that, that is my desire to wholly follow him. I want to be a mountain climber. Would you pray for me tonight? Yes, ma'am. Yes, wonderful. Excellent. Yes, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for uh, Christians that they desire uh, to serve you. It is uh, such a special place to be for me to be the midst of uh, mountain claimers, people that just want to be a Caleb. They just want to wholly follow you. And I pray for the uh, older folks. It's not getting easier. I pray for the young folks that they'd be committed. And for those right smack dab in the middle, 
uh, the pressure is there as well. I pray that you give them the courage to stand for you. We'll praise you in Christ's name. With every head bowed and every eye closed, last question. You're here tonight, but you do not know Jesus Christ as your Savior. And say, Pastor, I raise my hand because I need Christ. And I'm, I, I've been baptized. I'm a good-working kind of person, but I've never trusted Christ. Preacher, would you pray for me? I need to be saved tonight. Raise your hand. Hold it up for just a moment. Let's stand to our feet. Their heads bowed and eyes closed. The piano is playing. The altar is open. You want to pray? You want a preacher to pray for you? I'll be delighted to do that.